Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Unscrewed. The show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another episode of Unscrewed. We're going to get down to it today. I know this is a wonky, brainy, thinking about sex ideas podcast, but we're going to talk about like the actual doing it part today. So, you know. Buckle up. I have with me today the fantastic Elle Chase, who is a sex educator, an agitator. She runs some tumblers you may be familiar with. One is called LadyCheeky.com, which is definitely not safe for work. Another one's called Smut for Smarties. And she's done a lot of work around body image and sexuality. And she has a new book out called Curvy Girl Sex, 101 Body Positive Positions to Empower Your Sex Life. Elle. Thanks for coming yes. on the show, man. Thanks for having me. This is one of my favorite podcasts ever. I love it. Oh, flattery will get you everywhere with me. Oh, oh my goodness. No, <laughs> it's so fabulous. So thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to talk about it. And I'm actually really thrilled to have like such a juicy, fun topic. <laughs> the recent episodes have been dark for good reasons, but also we need to talk about the joy of sex, not the book, the actual feeling of joy. But before we talk about it, as you know, since you're a fan of the show, we got to put you through the lightning round. All right. All right. So what's been making you the happiest this week? Medical cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. What's the best sex advice you ever received? really to breathe. You think that that's kind of an obvious answer, but Barbara Corellis, who's a great sex educator and tantra teacher, she she really drove home the fact that if you're watching your breathing and you're specific about how you're breathing at certain times, even if you just remember to take deep breaths, it really enhances the pleasure in your body because you're getting all that blood going. And also, if you are thinking about breathing, you're not really thinking about how big your thighs are or where your scars are on your body and, and all of that. So if I'm in my head during sex, I will just think of Barbara Corellis. Hey there, Barbara. I'll think of Barbara Corellis and her just telling me just to breathe, just to breathe, just to breathe. Yay. What's the sexuality-related news that's been making you the maddest or saddest lately? How long do you have? Um, <laughs> I was just watching before I had to leave. I was watching the sessions confirmation hearing and 
We should say this is being recorded. I usually record these closer to when they air, but because I am working on my own book, I'm recording these in advance. So we, yeah, t- we're recording this the day of the first day of the sessions hearing. And I was just going out to walk the dog and Diane Feinstein was asking about Roe versus Wade. And really, he was just giving lip service to like, well, you know, if it's constitutional. I'm going to follow the law. I'm going to follow the law. I'm going to follow the law. But yet we know he's pro-life. It's just so scary. He also thinks that grabbing a woman by the pussy without her consent does not constitute sexual assault. Yeah, there's so many things wrong with him and just sexuality and women, period. It's really maddening, disheartening, and incredibly depressing. Well, here's hoping that several weeks into the future when this actually is released, something amazing has happened and he has not been confirmed. Let's all hope and pray. Uh, And also call. What's the biggest sex myth that you once believed but you don't believe anymore? That all women orgasm. I think that goes along with every woman likes her G-spot stimulated, which is just patently untrue. I mean, it's so funny, right? Like, I don't think you could say every woman likes anything. No, but certainly not that. Not even chocolate. No, exactly. Not even chocolate, which is usually universal, right? Which always mystifies me because I love chocolate. But there are people who don't dig chocolate. It's just so interesting. And also being a single woman dating seeing how different men will try and stimulate me. It's like, wow, you really were sort of hanging out in Bloomingdale's on the couch while a girlfriend shopped or something and you were reading Cosmo because (laughs) this is, I can feel you doing the alphabet on my G-spot right now. (laughs) Wait, Cosmo told them to do the alphabet? Cosmo, you know, all those women's magazines would just say, you know, trace the alphabet on her vulva or on her clit, or as they would say, the vagina, and (laughs) and you'll turn her wild. She'll go wild in bed. And it's just so not true. And the last time someone did that to me was just, I was just literally playing solitaire in my head. Why didn't you tell them to stop? You know what? When it's like a one night stand and when it's someone that you're just not into and you just want it over with and you don't want the emotional labor of them just going or and the fragile ego and the whole thing you know what i mean yeah i do know what you mean all right last lightning round question who's one of the bravest people that you know or can think of who's working to unscrew the sexual culture buck angel yes Buck Angel is a huge inspiration for me, period. There's a special little acknowledgement in the back of my book to Buck Angel. Buck Angel, for those of you that don't know, he is a female-to-male trans man, and he's an activist and an educator and an entertainer, and he is just everything that I would want to be. He dispels, even within his own community, stereotypes about trans men and women and what you have to do and what you have to be in order to be the gender that you feel you are. Go watch his documentary, Mr. Angel, if you can find it. It was on Netflix. I don't know if they still have it on there. I just love him. All right. You survived. <laughs> was a little touch and go for a little while. So we are going to talk about curvy women doing it because that's what your book is about. Yeah. I want to start with a super annoying question and sort of Fantastic. apologize as I'm asking it. And I know this question is annoying because I got asked it constantly when what you really really want came out it as annoying as it was it's also a valid question which is why did you specifically focus on women to be perfectly honest the publisher wanted that but 
I insisted that there be an explanation or at least some sort of nod to trans men and women and their bodies and how this book can be used for any kind of body. And in fact, some of the illustrations, they use like three women, quote unquote, and two different kinds of male representation in the book. And one of those male givers is is a man of size. And we also have icons in the book that will tell you that it's good for two people of size. But I think it also, it really has a lot to do with marketing for them. And, and personally, I have the most experience with that. Yeah, it feels, I mean, and especially the introductory stuff in the beginning, like it, it definitely feels like a book that came out of a very personal place for you. Like you were writing maybe a book that you wished you had had. So I was married, I was in a virtually sexless marriage for about seven years, even trying to have children. We just did it to do it and, you know, get in and out, so to speak. And I started getting really depressed. I stopped sleeping and I stopped eating, which for me is a huge sign of depression because I use food, right? I was on boatloads of medication to try and elevate my mood and nothing was working. And a friend of mine told me to sort of help my spirits, she said, you know, you should watch True Blood. True Blood was just coming on HBO. It's a like a gothic series about vampires. vampires and it's very sexy. Right, yeah. And so I started watching it and I became obsessed with the main vampire and the female lead. And the minute they consummated in the first season, I had a snap. If I believed in God, if I was religious, I would have said God spoke to me. Because something in me welled up and I just started bawling and I would rewind the scene over and over again. And I didn't know why. I just had a complete meltdown. And then it hit me all of a sudden why I was crying and where my depression was coming from. And that was a lack of passion in my life. And I'm not talking about a passion for uh, a career or, or uh, a belief system. It was, it was sexual passion. And what I realized is I never enjoyed sex. No one had ever taken the time to show me that they liked to take the time to make sure that I was satisfied. And I immediately knew I had to get out of my marriage. So I got out of my marriage. And at this time, I was I was heavier than I had ever been at the time. Now, I'd always been scared to date, even though I wasn't, quote unquote, overweight as I was growing up. But I thought I was ugly. I was told I was ugly. So I just went through life as sort of neuter. So I never viewed myself as a sexual being. So now I, my body is crying out for me to, to, to have some passion. Like it's just saying, you need this right now, just like you need to have your vitamins or you're mal, malnourished and you need to eat. So I ended up leaving my husband and having this affair with this married man who showed me what it was like to enjoy sex and to be appreciated for my body with all of its flaws, with all of its cellulite, scars, flabby tummy, everything. And it took me a long time with him before I would even get naked. And what I realized was that sexiness has nothing to do so much with what you look like is what you think you look like. Mm -hmm. So I could have a swimmer's body and look like Heidi Klum. But if I feel ugly, I'm ugly. I'm not attracting anybody. I'm not feeling my sexuality. And I'm missing out on a huge part of life. So I decided that I wasn't going to let my weight stand in the way of dating other people. And what I found was even in, I live in Los Angeles, and even in a very sort of image conscious city like Los Angeles, I was like dating like crazy and not 
people that I wouldn't normally date. These were nice professional guys that I was dating. Some were very funny, some were very smart, some were both. And they worked out and didn't work out for various reasons. But I was no different than anybody else that was going on that site. The only thing that was different is if I had been apologizing for what my body looked like. Mm -hmm. Right now on a dating profile, I will say I'm a big, beautiful woman, a BBW, because it just cuts to the chase. And if you're not going to be interested at all in that, then great. Swipe left. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, sure. I mean, as longtime listeners of the show, and as you know, I'm in a longtime monogamous relationship at the moment, so I'm not on dating sites and stuff. But I always resisted saying BBW because for me, I didn't want the fetishists yeah. There's just something that made me feel squicky about it. And I would say like size 16 or whatever size I was back then. Right. You know, I would flag it, but I wouldn't specifically say BBW because I feel like that speaks to something really particular. Do you find that? I know people have that experience. I have not had that experience and I am not quite sure why, but I totally think that everybody has their own, you know, they should just do what's comfortable for them. Got it. I was just, you know, when you said it, I was like, yeah, I have such an uncomfortable relationship with that term. And it's not because I'm ashamed of my body. It's because it just feels, I don't know. There's a connotation that's been given to us by the media and by advertising that BBW is bad and that fat is bad. No, it's not that it's bad. It's just that for me, I'm not interested in the fat fetishist. Again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with people who want to be fetishized. Right. For fat or whatever, but like for me, it just does not feel comfortable. There's a difference between being fetishized and being appreciated. A fetishist will be like, mm, show me those stomachs or let me knead your legs. And someone that appreciates it will appreciate the form and the shape. And what I realized is people that appreciated my body, they would immediately touch my stomach. And people who didn't care about my body, like just thought I was sexy, wouldn't. And then the one time I did get fetishist, it was put that stomach on my face or which is fine if that's what you're into, just like you said. But it wasn't what I was looking for. Yeah. I wonder sometimes about the people who won't touch your belly, like if they are worried that you feel bad about it. Like, I don't think it's always that they feel bad about it, but that there's fear around it and sort of taboo and they don't know if they're going to set you off. Like, I I never am quite sure how to read that, but it is always refreshing to find a lover who like treats all of your body with admiration and enjoyment. Yes. 100%. Let's talk about the book. Have you tried all 101 of these positions? That's my first question. I have. And more than once. (laughs) That's impressive. You know, when I heard 101, I was like, Jesus, 101 positions. I don't even know if there can be 101 positions. But if you really dissect these positions and how hard or challenging or easy it could be for someone of different sizes, it's not just for someone who may be considered a BBW or someone who's curvy, who has, you know, triple G breasts, but is 32 around. It's all different shapes. Well, and it definitely seems clear that, like, this book is pitched toward women we're kind of at a 101 level in terms of opening up yeah. their sexuality. As much as it's really frank and explicit and there are some delightful drawings, quite a lot of delightful drawings, I should say. A lot of illustrations and photographs and it's cheeky, just like your brand and it's great. There, there's also like the, the tone of the writing in some places is like safe as kittens, which I also appreciate. Yes. 
really, at the end of the day, I want people to look at this and they could give them permission to try things, try things that they might not have felt comfortable with before or might have been shamed into not trying. And also know a little bit about about pleasure. There's a part of the book that describes, you know, female pleasure and where the clit is and what it does and where the G-spot is. And so I'm really just sort of hoping that there's enough in there for just about everybody at every level. I mean, there's certainly stuff in there that I haven't specifically tried. Although you're right. Like, you know, some of the positions are variations, right? Like your leg is bent, your leg is straight. Like those are two different positions. This is not the Karma Sutra, right? It's not requiring you to be an acrobat. No, but I was having issues with like making the missionary, there was missionary modified missionary. And then I sort of broke them up into many different types of modified missionaries because the kinesthetics of the body, if you're moving your right leg around his waist and he's standing up and you're laying on your back, that's going to feel different in your body than wrapping both legs around. And so you might need a pillow under your butt. You might need a pillow in the middle of your back. You might not need a pillow. And so you want something that's going to explain those different ways to do that particular exercise, because it will also open up your mind to think of the new exercises coming up in the rest of the book. Were there any that you tried specifically for the book? Did you do research? That's what I'm asking. I did did do research. I had a very lovely partner to, to try these with, and I actually named a couple of the positions after him. And a lot of them he came up with and he showed me. It came from our sex life. And I found, too, just by doing all of these positions, seeing how accessible sex as a fat girl is. I have a bad back. I have bad knees. And I'm I'm a fat girl. I'm like 230 pounds. I'm in good health, but I do have those concerns. So I was going from sort of a fat perspective and from a mobility issue perspective. And it strikes me that some of the advice in terms of adjustments and pillows and positions, you know, would be helpful for people who maybe have a bad back or bad knees, but aren't necessarily fat, like, you know, that we're all dealing with different mobility and physical ability issues at different points of our lives. That's intentional. And each position, there's an icon that says, this is good for a bad back, good for bad knees, good for arms that aren't as strong, good for, I mean, we have like 10 different icons. And in fact, we've included positions that are good for women who are pregnant because you have something to deal with there in front of you, but it's not squishy. There's like a human being in there. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Is it women specifically who take your classes? And what do you hear most from your students? What are their concerns about being sexual and, and, and also the logistics of sex and their relationship to pleasure and all of that stuff. 
the questions that I get are basically, I can't get it out of my head that I'm so fat to enjoy sex. He tells me all the time that I'm beautiful and that he's attracted to me, but I, I don't believe it and I can't get it out of my head. I get a lot of that. Practical questions. I would like to learn how to squirt. I will, you know, ejaculate, female ejaculation. Uh, I'd like to try anal. How can I try anal if I have really bad knees because someone's only thinking about doing a doggy style, right? Mm -hmm. So it's coming up and giving them options and giving them ideas to think about because no one's going to solve that problem in one night. If you're getting in bed with your partner and she's telling you that you are beautiful and and sexy and, and she's attracted to you and you're sitting there going, I feel disgusting and gross. And the problem is in your head. It's how you need to reframe what happens, at least in the bedroom. And there are exercises to try to to get you out of your head. You know, just like I talked about breathing earlier, there's mindfulness, which sounds woo-woo and like an easy fix, but it's a lot more challenging than you think. And there's also sort of taking yourself seriously. Like, really? I think I'm ugly? Okay, what about me is at least neutral? What is at least something that I can agree that isn't bad and isn't good? necessarily about myself. So I have, I have red hair. Uh, this is how I came out today. I, Hey, I put, I put lipstick on and I've got a little color in my face. It's just about talking about coming up with those things about yourself that you either like. And if you don't like anything about yourself in that moment, coming up with something neutral to say in place of saying the things that are not so nice to yourself. I'm fat. I'm ugly. Don't say that. Say, this is the way I look today. And, uh, I really am looking forward to enjoying some time with my partner or I'm really horny and I want to go get laid. So what's my best avenue here? How do I feel good? Do I feel good when I put that dress on? Do I feel good when I wear those shoes? It's really sort of taking it apart and deconstructing it and putting it back and reframing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if you have any advice, though. I feel like the book assumes a willing and encouraging partner and responsive and respectful. Do you have advice for people who either fear or know that their partners maybe share their bad opinion of their body or aren't that interested in their pleasure or those sorts of things? When I talk to people either in my coaching practice or in my classes at the end or wherever, I'll just say that this is not the person you should be vulnerable with. If you're in bed with somebody who is not making you feel good about yourself or at the very least is just is critical of of anything that you're doing in in an unkind way, I think that that is not the person for you. If they're trying to do it constructively, you can work with that. You know, when you say that this way, honey, it makes me feel like this, or I feel like this when you say it like that. Then it comes down to communication. Whether they're willing to engage with you. Yes, when they're willing to engage. And I think this just all comes down to relationship dynamics, because if it wasn't in the bedroom, it would be someplace else in their life together. What if you've got two people who both have body issues, right? Like who have a hard time finding their partner attractive because maybe they're both fat, right? And they're like, they have their own hangups about fat. That is something that goes under, I think, professional therapy, to be perfectly honest. What is your favorite position in the book that surprised you? I got to say, my favorite position in the book and now in life is called the OHM, O-H-M. It is a position I never would have tried on my own, and I never would have thought that it would be so incredibly enjoyable in such a different way. <laughs> and I think it could be just the way I'm, I'm formed because, you know, 
we're all snowflakes. It's starting out on my back with my legs up in the air and he's standing or kneeling right behind the back of my legs, which are up. Okay. So I'm at a 90 degree angle. He enters and thrusts a few times or whatever to, to get things going and then takes my legs and pulls them all the way to one side while my back is still flat on the bed. Ooh. The combination of the legs being together and then the legs being together all the way to one side and then my body being twisted, it does something to the vaginal canal in my body, at least, that gives me a type of pleasure that I hadn't felt before. Well, and I bet if you're if you're having sex with a penis haver, it also creates some nice tension. Yes. Some tightness. The follow up question to that is, do you do a lot of yoga? <laughs> no. I do zero yoga, and in fact, I can, like, barely walk some days. Like, I'm, like, not sure my legs would bend that, my, my hips. What do you say to people who are worried that, like, they are not that bendy? There are definitely things in this book that are much more challenging for me than they were easy. Like what? Can you tell me about one of those? Can you tell me about a hilarious fail? <laughs> it usually, it, I mean, it usually ends up with me laughing really hard because I'm usually doing something that's embarrassing or what I feel is embarrassing. I think one of the harder ones for me to do, but enjoyable, so I really like to keep trying, <laughs> but I fail at it a lot, is there's one, and I forgot what it's called, but it has my legs all the way, like my ankles to my ears, or as close as I can get with that, with my stomach being in the way, you wow. know? Yeah. And him entering from that position, like kneeling on top of me. And that was really difficult. And I had to work really hard to sort of stretch the muscles in my inner thighs, do exercises a little bit while I'm like watching Bob's Burgers or something, just <laughs> stretching my legs. It's, you know, it's kind of reminded me of like Anne Margaret or something and Bye Bye Birdie. I must, I must, I must increase my bust. No, no, no. That was in Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret from Judy Bloom. That's Being Margaret. Right. Thank you. I you had the word Margaret, Margaret attached to it. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, and it talks about this in the book. There's some that you won't be ready for. There's some that you'll never be able to do, but that's why there's 101. And there'll be ones that you come up with that aren't even in the book that your body will be able to do that mine wasn't able to do. I've always been flexible for some weird ungodly reason because Lord knows I do not work out and I do not exercise, (laughs) but I've always been somewhat flexible. So that one called the Ohm sort of took advantage of that inherent flexibility. But the other one is like, forget about it. My, my big stomach's in the way, my big thighs. And if it's a good day, I can, I can get really far. I can get my legs really far close to my head on a bad day. I can barely do it and I end up farting. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking like your butt is like really extended like that. It opens up all the farting channels. (laughs) Yeah, it sure does. And let me tell you, I had to get really okay with that really fast because (laughs) First of all, nothing makes me laugh harder than farting. And then second of all, when you're doing it in such intimate position and you guys are really serious and getting into it, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, <laughs> that's it for me. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm out of it. I'm done for the evening. Now you're going to have to start all over again with the foreplay. Really? I feel like sometimes like you can crack up laughing during sex and then just continue. Like sex is inherently ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, especially like my partner at the time was just like, it's okay. Keep going. Exactly. They don't give a shit. I had a partner. I evidently sometimes laugh when I have a really good orgasm or if it catches me by surprise. Like it's a it's a pleased laugh, right? Like, wow, this is delightful. I'm laughing. And he was like really concerned that I was laughing at him. 
Oh. I was like, no, honey, you're doing great. I end up crying when I have a really intense orgasm. And then I, once I start, then I'm like sobbing. Like I've just seen Bridges of Madison County or something. You know? Do you have to like warn people sobbing. about that in advance? I do. Because if, if it's a really good, intense, like sex or lovemaking session or whatever, and I ha- get this really intense orgasm, I will burst into tears. And it's a really good thing. Because it's so cathartic and it means that I was really able to access a deep part of myself. Anyway, I think I answered your question, right? Uh, stretching. I mean, I wonder if there are any, do you do like stretches to be, make yourself more able to do certain positions or there stretches you recommend to people? I have done them in the past. I always like to sit sort of cross-legged and then take my the soles of my feet and put them together while I'm sitting up. And sort of bend over them a little bit to stretch the inside of my thighs. That usually makes me a little bit more limber if I'm warming up before the before the deed. But I have to stretch every morning or else I won't be able to like get around. So that could be part of it too. I love the idea of sex fitness. Like yeah. cardio, which will make you last longer and be able to be more vigorous and like stretching so that you're more flexible. I love the idea of using like this will make my sex life better as a motivator to just be more embodied and more physically active in general, instead of like, I'm supposed to exercise because the doctor said so. Like it's, it's a pretty good goal to be like, I really want to try that position. Like what things do I have to do to make myself better at it? That's one of the great things about sex. Also, the more you do it, the more limber you get in those positions that you do. So it's a good pickup line. I need to stretch some of my muscles. Can you help me with some resistance training? That's right. <laughs> yes. Fully consensual, but I would really love some resistance training. <laughs> mm. So I do want to ask you a somewhat less yummy question before we go, because I'm me and I always have to talk about the dark things. Sure. Look, let's be real with each other. We have good days and bad days, right, in terms Mm -hmm. of embodiment and loving and accepting your body and feeling sexy and all of that stuff. Like, what do you do for yourself when all of the self-loathing and insecurity about your body and sexiness and appeal and all of that stuff comes up? I am so glad you asked this question because I really have a strong belief about this. And it is the core of what the work I do is, is that I think there's too much pressure for us to love our bodies. Oh, yes. And go from hating our bodies our entire life, because basically at age three, (laughs) you know, we start realizing how people are reacting to us for whatever reason. And so we start to come up with this idea of what we should look like. And to go from hating ourselves to loving ourselves isn't realistic. So I never encourage anyone to go and to love their body. I just think it's unrealistic. I do encourage people to accept their body the way it is. And there's a huge difference and there's a huge framing difference, paradigm shift between loving and accepting. So much less pressure. So much less pressure. And also what I will tell people in my big, beautiful sex class and what I will tell people in my Kirby Girl sex class is that really... Your job, if I I was to give everybody a job about their body image and improving their body image, your job is twofold. One, notice not just how much you judge yourself, but how much you judge other people. Mm -hmm. That will give you a clue into how you judge yourself. Then when you find yourself judging yourself or saying something negative, turn that around immediately. Either turn it into something that you believe about yourself, like I actually, I like my hair. 
I have really nice red hair. I really love my hair. But if there's absolutely nothing you can think of in that moment that you like about yourself physically, if that's where the self-hatred is coming from, then that's when you come up with something neutral. The most important thing is to get the negative thoughts out of your head. Right. So you can just be like, my feet walk me around all day. That's right. I really love that reframe. You know, I feel about body positivity sometimes the same way I feel about sex positivity. Like, I get the idea of both of them and I support the idea of both of them philosophically. But in practice, way too often it gets like really prescriptive and judgy. Yeah. And I also think, too, telling people they can go from hating their body to loving their body sets people up to fail. It's a construct with which people can get in there and become gurus. And there are no gurus. There's no easy answer to this. There is no magic bullet. There's no pill. Chances are I'm going to hate my body on some level for the rest of my life. But I'll tell you, I just had a recent experience where I couldn't get out of my head about my body. And it took me six hours to get over it as opposed to six days or six weeks. That's a win. It's a win. It's a total win. So I was able to actually salvage my day. I got out of my head about it. I allowed myself to have the feelings I was having. And every time I could, I would switch things around in my head. And I got over it enough to have like great sex that night. But that's been years. Like it's taken me years to get to that. And hopefully soon it will be six minutes as opposed to six hours. But it's improvement and it has completely changed my life. I love that. And I think that this book is going to definitely change some women's life too when when they get it and they get invited into this very accepting but like not at all one size fits all like l has the answer kind of thing i mean that's that's part of why you have 101 options for positions right like yes everybody likes different stuff everybody likes different stuff and not everything will work for everybody and yeah i really do hope it it helps somebody have at least one night of really great sex something that will show you that you can have wonderful sex regardless of your size and ability tell me the name of the book again book is Curvy Girl Sex, 101 Body Positive Positions to Empower Your Sex Life. And you can get it at your favorite bookstore. It's on Target.com, Amazon.com. Amazing. I'm so excited that Target is carrying it. Like, that's such a cue. So if you're listening to this show near or on the date that it came out, the book is not quite out yet, but you can absolutely call your local independent bookstore and make sure that they're getting it in or special order if they're not you can place pre-orders for it online where you like to shop for books and what's the actual date that it's on sale february 1st february 1st so it's just a few days from now and pre-order it it's way less expensive than it will be after the date that it comes out Ooh, way less like by ten dollars almost also, pre-orders, look, I'm no Amazon fan, and I never encourage people to shop from yeah. Amazon, but if you're going to shop from Amazon, pre-ordering is a way to help a book that you are excited about and want to support jump onto the bestsellers list. A lot of decisions are made about the fate of a book based on Amazon pre-orders. It is not yeah. good. I'm not saying that's an awesome system, but since that system exists, that is actually, and if you're going to buy from Amazon anyway, like that's a pre-ordering is a great way to support your favorite authors. Yeah. So, Elle, thanks for coming on the show and talking about this stuff with me. Thanks for having me. And thanks for asking such great questions. Where can people find you and follow your work online in general? Well, lchase.com, E-L-L-E, chase.com. And if you like some very sensual, erotic images that are not safe for work, ladycheeky.com. Yeah. And also have a couple of coloring books that are at shevibe.com. 
those are also very exciting. Who to does end. not want an adult coloring book? Come on. Who, who doesn't? And I pick the photos and let me tell you, if I do one thing well, I really know how to pick a good sexy photo. Awesome. And are you on the social medias? Yes. Thank you. I'm on social media as The L Chase. Lady Cheeky on Twitter and The L Chase on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. And I am Jacqueline F, J-A-C-L-Y-N-F, as in Friedman, on Twitter and Facebook and on Instagram. I'm Jacqueline Fable. Check out all my writing and upcoming events and all kinds of other stuff at my website, as well as past episodes of this show. My website is JacquelineFriedman.com. Friedman is F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. You can get this podcast wherever fine podcasts are available. iTunes, Acast, Stitcher. Don't forget to subscribe. I don't want you to miss any episodes and we have great stuff coming up for you this season. If you're in iTunes, if you like this show, one of the best ways you can help other people find it, the best ways you can make me happy and support this show is give it five stars, give it a two sentence review. It doesn't have to be long, but those reviews especially really matter um, and bump us up in the ranking so that other folks will discover Unscrewed. Unscrewed is produced and edited by yours truly. Our in and out music is by the Pink Tiles and the cover art is by Nicole Dodonna and was developed in a collaboration with the establishment, which also developed the sound cues. Until next week, I am wishing you safe and happy sex lives. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 